Last episode, I introduced this podcast in cosmetic surgery basics. Today, I'll be talking about ethnic profiling and working towards anti-racism practices in cosmetic surgery. My name is Rina Sasa, and this is Modern Beauty. I will once again note that this podcast is in no way intended to be anti-plastic or cosmetic surgery. In fact, I truly admire this practice and may even pursue it as my future career one day. This podcast is commentary on the ethical issues present in this field as means for awareness to catalyze future improvement and innovation. This past year, the United States has begun to address systematic and structural racism across every field and aspect of our day-to-day lives. Discrimination and bias continue to affect minority communities, including in the health field. It is incredibly important that plastic surgeons and those studying to become one are aware of racial and ethnic disparities in healthcare and maintain focus in combating these issues in their work environment. Western media can often portray cosmetic surgery patients with the oh-so-familiar, unmoving face, big lips, and a button nose. However, surgeons need to be trained to keep the culture and ethnic integrity in mind with every procedure, lest they contribute to the dangers of ethnic profiling. Ethnic profiling, most often associated with when law enforcement and other officials make generalizations on an individual based on ethnicity, has also been a cause for concern in the plastic surgery field. So now, we follow the story of Joanna Agostino author of Perception of Beauty and a Plastic and Reconstructive Surgeon herself. She had witnessed her very own colleague order a variety of large breast implants, and when the sales representative asked if the surgeon would need any smaller sized implants, he responded, only the bigger ones. She's Latina, and they all want big breasts. Agostino later describes how this template type of approach is horrifying in cosmetic surgery and should never exist that patients should not be inclined to believe that their surgeons implement their own stereotyping in their surgical approach. Unlike how societal standards for beauty constantly go in and out of the trend, any surgical intervention for bias beautification is a detrimental wrongdoing in the cosmetic practice. I mean, anatomical changes could be irreversible, so it is incredibly important for surgeons to listen and understand all of their patients' wishes, as well as keeping them aware of what to expect after surgery and that's really the only way to properly manage each case. This is why surgeons find that exploring cultural profiling and its role in plastic surgery today has become an incredibly integral role in surgical process. In plastic surgery, the recognition that everyone perceives beauty differently is so important to all procedures and executions. For plastic surgeons, trends and aesthetic biases that ebb in and out of popular media can lead to the usage of of a beauty template. Therefore, plastic surgeons must eliminate old judgments and ask specific questions that will guide the creation of each individual case. Even though ethnicity plays an important role in defining certain concepts of beauty for plastic and cosmetic surgeons to work off of, it is extremely dangerous to assume that one belonging to a certain ethnic background is any indication of specific beauty ideals. More often than not, Latina and Black women are constant targets for ethnic profiling in cosmetic surgery. Agostino recalled a black female patient who had suffered from erroneous stereotyping based on her race. The patient had previously undergone an enhancement procedure for her buttocks. She had fat injections inserted to help improve her shape. Soon after Agostino started talking to her, the patient started crying from frustration with results obtained from her previous procedure. She explained that she just wanted a slight increase in the projection of her buttocks. However, the communication with her previous surgeon was muddied and unclear. The surgeon had just assumed that because of her dark skin, she wanted large and voluptuous buttocks and performed what he thought the patient wanted. Although this is a single anecdotal experience, Agostino's experiences are one of many. 
opening the dialogue and ethnic profiling in cosmetic surgery and the dangers of cosmetic ideals that are promoted by cosmetic surgeons. Most plastic surgery training programs lack implicit bias in cultural competency training, and the consequences of this lack of education are detrimental. Moving on, I would like to start talking about ways to implement anti-racist practices in the cosmetic surgery field. Now, you may be wondering, what exactly is anti-racism? Anti-racism is the process of taking an active role against racism and discrimination, supporting equitable policies, and working to change beliefs and behaviors connected to racist ideas. Being actively racist is the only way that our flawed system and society will improve and progress. Being anti-racist is different from claiming to just be not racist. Individuals are often not aware of the full extent of institutional and systematic issues that exist, and may not even understand their own unconscious biases. Just claiming to not be racist acknowledges that racism exists, but does nothing to contribute to the betterment of our society. Anti-racism, on the other hand, means to take an active role in eliminating these problems. Plastic surgeons or trainees need to actively work to understand how people unconsciously contribute to racism, how these issues affect people of color, and learn how to abolish these systems. Now that we have discussed what it means to be anti-racist, we must integrate this principle in the plastic surgery setting. The first thing that we must do is acknowledge these discriminatory actions. Secondly, we must put a name to all social dynamics that could be taking place, including at home and in your personal life, not just in the work environment. And third, this is where we interrupt, challenge, and prevent discriminatory interactions and other racially charged problematic behavior in order to build an open and inclusive environment and form a safe space for learning and growth. Cultural competency and cultural humility is defined as the ability to appreciate, communicate, collaborate, and effectively interact with people from different backgrounds and cultures. To become culturally competent, adjustments must be made at every level in the field of plastic surgery. In advertising, marketing materials such as brochures, websites, and social media should be inclusive of all racial and ethnic backgrounds. This should represent respectful and positive depictions to minimize stereotypes. Next, it is crucial to enforce anti-racism training for all providers and staff and establish tangible items, such as scheduling subconscious bias workshops or implementing an anonymous racist reporting system. This can be incorporated at the medical school, residency, fellowship, faculty, and staff levels by allotting specific times. Emergency medicine and family medicine have seen improvements by implementing these aforementioned action items. Next, these items must be regularly assessed and ensure that they are accountable. They should um, support research to continually evaluate the successes and failures of all changes employed. They must dismiss patients from the practice if any racist language is used, and that should be absolutely zero tolerance. And we also must endorse and employ a frame shift that challenges the century-old ideologies that force minority populations to fit in rather than belong. In an America where white comfort is prioritized over racial and ethnic pain, it is detrimental that we start acknowledging and actively changing any and all discriminatory practices for our society as a whole. Now, this is all we have for today's episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, have a wonderful day.